Welcome to another episode of the ARC podcast with Jen and Lindsay. I am Lindsay. How are you doing today, Jen? Hey, Lindsay. I'm great. Once again, the algae family is down sick. So oh, I have that stinks. Every single one of us is here sick, but we're actually all getting better. So I'm excited today that we have some great guests on the podcast. So yeah, it's going to be a good one. Yeah. Do you want so to I'd introduce like, them? Yeah. I'd like to introduce Paul Doherty. And Jillian Doherty, actually Jillian Maripolis, right? Yes, yes. Yes. Awesome. Welcome. Paul, tell us about yourself. Tell tell, tell you about <laughs> me. Um, well, I, I am Jillian's dad. Um, that, that that should be enough to, to, to fill a book. In fact, it was. Um, we wrote a book together several years ago called An Uncomplicated Life, which is a, a memoir of, of uh, raising Jillian from the time she was born till the time she got married. Um, we'll be happy to talk about all of that stuff. And uh, since it's Jillian's show, I'm just kind of the, the facilitator here. I'll, I'll allow her to do most of the talking, but uh, that that is basically, uh, that's basically it. I'm very privileged to know this young lady and, and uh, she has been uh, instructive to me in so many ways that uh, we can get into if you'd like. And, and so I will just, hand it off to the star of the show. Jillian, tell them about yourself and, and try to make it interesting. Okay, I will. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is Jillian Dockley. In a, um, for my life, I, uh, I, I've been married for my husband for eight years now, and, uh, and we've been together, um, we've been dating 10, and so I met him, uh, top soccer, we don't play soccer together, and, uh, and then, I, and then I have two jobs, uh, two part-time jobs. Uh, I love in schools and even party source. So, uh, so tell them what party source is. Uh, party source is like a liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> a very big liquor store. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I've been uh, bagging, cleaning, uh, all that stuff, and I've been doing carts uh, outside. Um, uh, my hours, I work only 9.30 to 3.30, and, uh, at Loveland, I teach kids, uh, I teach, um, uh, third graders now, so I teach them, uh, math, that's what I do, um, I, I work only, uh, 8.30 to, uh, to 12.30, so, um, so I, I take four buses every, every day, I, I still work on two back or two from home every day. The two metro buses to get to and from party source. Yeah, and uh, uh, for, for me, um, I have only one brother, and and, and I have a, a a dog now, so we have a, a puppy now. Um, uh, one dog used to <laughs> that we used to have she passed, and uh, it's like. Um, I used to be the head manager for NKU basketball men's. That's Northern Kentucky University. Mm -hmm. And um, it's like I used to work there. I used to work at the Reds, and um, nice. I'm also doing tons of office work. Uh, and that's I'm following my dream right now. Um, She's following her dream. <laughs> I um, I, I'm also a dancer, so I uh, I join the dance team called CDs Shakers. So, Cincinnati Shakers, Sin City Shakers. Yeah. 
And I, nice. I used to dance in high school and doing a basketball half times. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I, so I do that. And then I joined choir in high school. And I used to have my mom okay. in high school too. Let's can we save a little bit for the rest of the program? So, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna Go say, ahead. do you do you have a rap for us? Because I know you're a rapper as well. Oh. My dad wanted me to uh, oh, yeah. Go ahead, express yourself, Connie. <laughs> uh, I guess I, I'll make it sore for you guys. So um, I'll, I'll make it clean. <laughs> Keep it clean. Keep Thank it clean. You for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> yeah. I woke up so as I had a great time in my life. But it's just part I want to know about me, about the story about me. But I know my dad wanted a book about me. A real truth of celebrities would be traveling all the time. All the time. My hand was shaking. My hand was whining. But I kept this traveling down low. But you next to my dad. I need, I need to stop rapping right now. So that's all you're going to get. Hey, what's up? I'm going to get one, two, three. What's, what's going on? I'm done. Drop the mic. Done. Oh, that was amazing. Well, awesome. It's so it got got all my dad here the rest. Thank you. Always entertaining us. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I was uh laughing. Um when I worked uh, at Northern Kentucky and uh, get the guys I'm pumped up for the next game. I always... she rapped to the team every Friday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Jillian, how do you feel about having a book written about you? Uh, I feel I feel happy about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm kind of special as my dad. I win the whole book that um that I feel soft and proud of my dad what he's doing. Yeah. So um, this is me going to, going to support my dad, and I love what he wrote about me. And I cannot wait uh, the next time. <laughs> There's no next time. <laughs> no sequels, Jillian. Well, I mean, your dad has been a writer for a long time, and so he's really well known here in Cincinnati. And so then he wrote a book about you, and then now you're really well known here in Cincinnati. So do people recognize you? And yeah, uh, I, I got a, a lot of some people uh, keep saying, "Say, hey, I eat pork chop and startle." Say, yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. So I got some people tell me that, but um, just sort people. Short people. Short people. Uh, the people who knows my dad, he he, he always comes to my store and pick me up. And everybody knows my dad. Yeah. yeah. Well, Paul, tell us about. So I live in Cincinnati, so I've known about your writing since forever. I think since I was a kid, I read my. I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan, big big Reds fan, big Bengals fan, but it's been a tough year. So I don't even think I could talk about it right but now. It's but... always a tough year for the Reds. Like <laughs> it's one of the oh, last year we had a great year. So well, I mean, it was, but it was, I mean, it's better than most, but there's always a heartbreaker. So I, my dad grew up around the Cincinnati area. So we are Cincinnati. Tell us about, um, you were really uh, like honest in your book about how hard it was to kind of write about your own life and about Jillian and like, you just kind of, you couldn't just go and sit somewhere and like write it all out. You had to be inspired and tell us about like what it's like to write about your personal life as opposed to sports. Um, I, you know, actually it, it, it should be harder for me and I should be more guarded, but I'm not. And, and I'm, and I'm not, uh, it's not, and I'm not, I, um, 
I've been told that the things that I write about my family, whether it's Jillian or, or my son, Kelly, or my wife, Carrie, or um, just about things and not about sports are, are the things that people at least can, can relate to more on a personal level than writing about the Reds or the Bengals or whatever. So I, and I enjoy it. I try to, I try to kind of paint a picture that everybody can understand and everybody who has kids can understand, you know, what, what we've done. And yeah, you know, I don't think it's anything special, but it, it has struck chords with people. Yeah. Um, so I'm, 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 I continue to do it. And no, it's, it's, it's not, it's not hard for me. I don't know why it probably should be right. I should be more guarded and, and more private and, and that kind of, but, but I'm not, people kind of know me in a way that they probably don't know a lot of writers. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like writing about my kids, like I kind of get stuck because like your, your big line from the book or one of them is that you want people to see Jillian and not just look. Right. And I feel the same, but I also have trouble like putting it, even when I'm like writing my kids vision statements for their IEPs, I have trouble just putting it all into words because my kids are like, so complex in their like awesomeness there's so many levels to it but it's also very simple and and just I always like see the details of my life now and like just little things make my life so much better so it but it's hard not to be cliche or like mm -hmm. sound like it's like perfect and so that's why I thought it was your book is so good at like talking talking about the whole experience and not kind of pulling any punches well, I, I didn't want to, a couple of things I did not want to do. I didn't want to come off as preachy. Mm -hmm. I didn't want people to think this is how you do it. It's it's not how you do it. It's how we did it. Huge difference. And I, uh, I, I don't know. I just thought it was, just, I don't know. It was a story worth telling. And Julian's a piece of work. <laughs> he made it fairly easy. And, and uh, I, I thought not to sound like I'm all that and, Mr. Altruistic, because I did want to make a buck off it, but I, I did think that we had something to share that was optimistic while also mm -hmm. being realistic and hopefully would inspire some people to uh, to uh, maybe look at look at the birth of a child and that person's growth as, as something that's wonderful, you know, that that isn't a burden that that is no more of a, a a burden than raising a quote unquote typical child. Mm -hmm. It's just different. It's not harder, not easier. In fact, in some ways, it's more rewarding. So I, I did. I, I did hope that at some point, people reading the book would would uh, be inspired or at least feel hopeful. You know. Yeah, one of the big takeaways is also um, inclusion mm -hmm. and how important inclusion and interdependence is and I think both of those terms kind of I think people understand them but from your perspective why do you think that both of those things are so important um be, be, because you know in, in a gigantic existential from that perspective we we're all on this planet and we all have to try to get along and we're all different and that's okay and, and uh I just think that life is better when we look at it empathetically. Yeah. That's one of the many things that, uh, that Jillian has taught us and, you know, continues to teach us. I think and it's a very much a two way street and we've seen it a million times with her 
at NKU, uh, in high school, now at work. Uh, people who know Jillian, who take the time to, to see her, are far better for the experience mm -hmm. um, than people who, who don't want to take that time. Um, so I, that, that was a big message in the book. And, and a lot of this stuff would not have worked, you know, wouldn't have, wouldn't have rung true if it hadn't been for Jillian. Yeah. You know, I'm just the messenger here. Like I said, I'm the facilitator. Mm -hmm. I'm just the, the vessel for telling her story. She's the one that's really brought it to life. Well, you're such a good writer, so I'm really glad mm -hmm. that you wrote it. But yeah. you did give a lot of props to, of course, your wife, Carrie, too. And as Lindsay and I both have children with disabilities who are kind of like the the captain of the ship, as you would say, mm -hmm. um, I appreciate it because um, I know that it, I can't put a lot of it into words as eloquently as you can, but the work and the reward of raising my kids and taking the time, I can't. It, it's just so important, um, not just for them, but for me and for our whole community to just kind of like guide them, like the guidance that you probably, that I know you got, Jillian, from your mom and the pushing in school and just kind of opening doors for you is really important. Can you say some things about your mom and what she's like? <laughs> well, uh, I, well, I get that a lot of words from my mom. Um, one, she uh, she is a uh, type of person that I uh, that I always in out, and she's a, a great person, a good uh, honest person that I know. Um, mom have a a, a, a great life, and so like she raised me too uh, as well. She raised me and even my brother. So um, uh, my mom, she's like a like Starbucks person. So so, so <laughs> she likes to uh um. Uh, go shopping with me because uh, she's uh, she have a taste of my clothes so uh, she she looks like me she she, she like she like so like she sound like me what so, what kind of stuff did mom do for you growing up that you really enjoyed that you really benefited from um uh, well she, she she taught me how to cook I, I'll tell you that yes she did and she know uh she told me she, I got the baking from her. So actually, I'm a baking expert. So she is a very good baker. She made me my my birthday cake this year. Yeah, and I, oh, that's I, amazing. I, oh, she does it every year. Yeah, <laughs> oh, fun. From her. Yeah, well, one year that I missed my dad's birthday, I was in Florida with uh with my husband's parents' family. Uh, then I had to miss his birthday because it was on, on New Year's. So I baked him a cake already cake. And over here for Christmas Day. Yeah, mm -hmm. my birthday is New Year's Eve, and they were in Florida, and she wanted to make sure I had my cake, so she baked it ahead of time before they went. Yeah, and I, I got very sweet. Yeah. What about the way Mom pretty much gets you everywhere you need to be? I do a little bit, but more than more, much more. Mom, right? Yeah, Bob always uh picks me up after work. Uh, uh my dad driving in the morning. My mom picked me up after. And she always drive me to my dance practice every day. Mm -hmm. And my dad also drove me to my dance every day too, um, off and on. But my mom do everything for me. And she's the type of person that does. She, she loves everybody. So. Well, I, I, I've always said that all I did was write the book. Um, Carrie did most of everything else. I mean, Carrie was the one who knew the law. 
Uh, Carrie was the one who who uh, took the time to to educate herself before the IEP meetings. Uh, Carrie's been the driving force behind everything Jillian has done. Carrie went to a conference at Ohio State that resulted in Jillian uh, becoming part of a pilot program for kids with intellectual disabilities at Northern Kentucky University. Um, I I can't say enough about what my wife has done. She's a <laughs> one of my best friends calls her. She's a force of nature. And all, like I said, most of the time I went to the IEP meetings and I was just the muscle. I, I, I knew the law, not nearly as well as Carrie did, but I knew enough of it to know where we were going with it. Um, but I didn't say much, you know, at the meetings. I was the one who would kind of put my foot down and said not nice things if they needed to be said. But Carrie was the one who, I mean, w without Carrie, there would be no Jillian, literally. I mean, she is, Jillian is the person she is and has accomplished what she's accomplished because of my wife, not not necessarily because of me. I just wrote about it. Yeah, I love, um, of course, I was a mom of a child with Down syndrome myself. <clears throat> I always like hearing people's birth stories and kind of the days after because everyone's is so different and it's kind of neat to hear and uh yours when when your wife is just like all right I've done my crying it's time to get to work like we can do this you know I think you're both of you together really compliment each other and I I thought about that when I was reading it my husband and I are very similar like when Evie was born I had Jack who was already being diagnosed with down with autism so when Evie was born, I was like kind of in shock for a minute. And I was like, what's happening? <laughs> you know? And then my husband's like, let's just, they took Evie down the hall to like clean her up. And he's like, go back and get her and bring her back to the room. And so they were like, hold on. Like everybody had to go and get her and bring her back. And then I could hold her again. And then everything kind of became clear for me. And I was very like, yeah, okay. This is very clear. Now this is our purpose because now I have two kids with these challenges and, uh, I don't know. It's kind of like, I don't think I could have done it without Chris and how I know I couldn't have. And I think the same thing about when I read your story was mm -hmm. you guys compliment each other very well. And Jillian's lucky to have you guys as parents. Mm -hmm. Very lucky. I, I, <laughs> I can have them both. That's what I love them both. Yes. One part I read, um, one of the chapters I liked the most was the chapter is about um, your therapists and teachers and coaches. Mm -hmm. So tell us about a couple of those people in your life. Maybe Coach Bezos, is that his name? Bezos, I'm sorry. Yeah. Coach Bezos. Yeah, Coach Bezos. Tell me about him and how he was a good mentor for you. Uh, well, he's a coach. Well, he's a head coach. for. Uh, for he used to be at uh, Northern Kentucky. Uh, I used to stay in an office with him. And I sound like um, I was head manager and work with the head coach. So uh, 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 Coach Bezos, one of my best close friends that I know, but I didn't talk to him that much, but uh, we, we always keep in touch every time. We always go out mm -hmm. for lunch and talk again. Um, so yeah, he's a uh, he's big, strong guy and uh, he's, He's healthy. He's happy where he's at right now. How, how did how did Coach Bees help you be a better manager? Just just being a manager. He's he's helped me get my job right. So he 
He's watching me when I'm doing. He was it. very supportive of you, though, right? Yeah, he. Uh, I I was helping the players. I get the towels and put up the um, um ice and a uh, bottles, uh, water bottles, and uh, for the bees look at me and I look at him. We were we were on uh, the same story. So. And he also was the one who came to you. Yeah. To ask you if you wanted to be a manager, right? Yes, and I said yes. <laughs> Off the bat, yes, I really want to work with the head coach. Yeah. Dave's a great human being. Um, I hope that came through in the book. He's uh, he's a wonderful. Person. Yeah, he's a wonderful person who had no reason to go the extra mile for Jillian. Didn't know Jillian other than through I had written about her in the Inquirer. Um, and, and he came to Jillian and asked her if she wanted to work. And the, the best thing about Dave, beyond beyond all the other great things, I think, was that he expected her to do a, a, the same good job as any of the other managers. He didn't cut her any slack because of her disability. You know, if you can't cut this, we'll get rid of you. Sorry. And we had told him that when the whole thing started, an experiment, I think. And Carrie and I basically said, this is great. We really appreciate you giving her the opportunity. That said, treat her the same way you treat everybody else. Mm -hmm. No special favors here. She's not the special manager. She's a manager. And if she can't do it, just tell us she can't do it. And that'll be that. No hard feelings. Thanks for the opportunity. But um, uh, he gave her the chance and yeah. she made good yeah. with it. And, and go ahead. Uh, I I know the Kentucky that uh, uh, Coach B uh, Coach Dave Beasel, but uh, even my dad was there too, watching practice. Uh, we on a uh, Channel Nine News. That's right. On, on, on oh, one awesome! Day. And um, Channel Five came and did something. Remember Sharif yeah. Palella? Mm -hmm. We yeah. talked to you. And uh, uh, so they came in and they uh, mentioned me, the head manager that I was talking. And then of that Coach Beasel and do the rest. They mentioned Paul Dockery in that, too. So they had to mention that, too. Well, it had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with you guys. And, but but Dave, yeah, I I, I will always appreciate Dave's uh, generosity. And he understood it. And, and he understood where we were coming from, too. And it, it just it, it worked out really well. And uh, as with everything else that Jillian has done, that was very much a situation where the players benefited as much as she did. Mm -hmm. uh, some of them, and I wrote about this in the book, but some of them initially were standoffish. They'd never met a person with Down syndrome before. Uh, how, uh, well, who is this person? How are we going to relate to her? Well, Jillian, at, at that point in her life still, but maybe even more at that point of her life, was fairly irrepressible. And she she right away wormed herself into their daily lives and into their hearts, whether they liked it or not. And eventually all of them did. But uh, it took some doing. It was a great example of how, you know, we can all learn from each other and, and benefit from from each other. And um, the players and Jillian both made that happen. But over top of it all was was Dave giving you the job in the first place and expecting you to do what you're supposed to do. Yeah, and, and all the players uh, I, I, I call me like a nickname thing where I work with them. And they always call me J-Dog every time. So. J-Dog. I love I it. Yeah. I like the parts where, you know, one of the players was hurt and you kind of always were there to help them when they're, you know, they had a shoulder injury or somebody had to be taken out of the game or something. And I knew, like, when I was reading it, it just sounded just like my daughter because if like if I'm sick right now Evie can't she's sick too but she's helping me the whole time 
come, what can I get you? Do you need a Gatorade? Can I go get you stuff? You got to get, you got to get better mom. And so Jillian, it sounds like you have the same empathetic, caring energy, right? Yes, I, I got that from my dad on, on all my mom. So no, not for me. You got that from me. <laughs> I got there you go. Awesome. Well, the chapter about Ryan and Jillian going to homecoming, I have a quote that I just wanted to read because I thought it was awesome. It says, I had worried Jillian's disability would come to define her. Then Ryan arrived. The door opened. Everything was possible again. Tell us about Ryan and Jillian. Either one of you, Paul, why don't you start and talk about the love story a little bit from your perspective. And then Jillian, you, I want to hear more about it from you and an update on how you guys are doing. Well, essentially, I, I never worried about Jillian being able to get along in the world. I, I always thought that that she would have a job, have her own place to live um, independently. That that was never a concern of mine. I don't think it was of Carrie's either. We just kind of pushed forward and made it happen. And with obviously with Jillian's help, um, what I always worried about from day one was would she would she be lonely? Would she not have the social life? Would, would she not enjoy the, uh, the, the rituals of growing up that the rest of us did? You know, I didn't worry about whether Jillian could make decent grades and graduate from high school. I, I worried if she had to sit alone at lunchtime. Um, and, and part of that was, you know, will, will she ever get to go to a homecoming or a prom and have sleepovers and what and what have you and turned out she did obviously and the the big part of that was um was meeting ryan and that that ensured at least in my mind that that at least for a while and hopefully permanently that she would have the kind of life that makes life worth living and you can tell rest like when the first homecoming and and when ryan came over to the house to pick you up and all that stuff um i was uh getting myself ready before he took me uh to, to homecoming i think it was loving or sycamore homecoming it was sycamore that time but uh uh he went to the house he's uh he knocked on the door and uh and then of that i was still upstairs when I looked down on the window and then before i came down um, Ryan was in my living room before I enter, and then uh, and then I told my dad my first time. I told him, Dad, I'm nervous, and so and so I came down and and so like I see him all uh, dressed up with the suit, and uh, I got a dress, and so like there you go, and I was happy, and, mm -hmm. and he was handsome like he always be be handsome. <laughs> so if you have a husband or anything and there's only one thing to say you're handsome you're handsome mm -hmm. it's important it is very important yeah now, how did you feel that night at homecoming what was it like um well what first revived at um at the uh skip sycamore high school uh feels like uh we have a great time we're dancing and having that on the dance floor. Uh, I got my um first first kiss on the dance floor. 
<laughs> Dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was pretty cool, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's my first time that I've right. been sick in the Yeah. So, yeah. And you've See, been with Ryan ever since, huh? <laughs> yeah. He's the man. <laughs> it's, it's called Love for a Sight. Love it for a sight. Oh, yeah. So. And you guys met at Top Soccer, you said? Yeah, yeah, we met Top Soccer. It's my first time meet Ryan's parents. Um, and then uh when right before he asked me uh a date, like a Sycamore homecoming dance, and I did not give him yes or no answer yet. So when I see my parents cross the field, then I was happy running across the field. I said, I have a date, I have a date, I have a date, I have a date. Mm -hmm. I didn't say yes yet. So Yeah, that's what Ryan <laughs> told us later is he asked her if she wanted to go to the homecoming and she never answered him no so he didn't really know right away you just as soon as he asked you that you ran across to mom who was at practice yeah telling her that you had a date but you didn't answer ryan so he was in it's the good dark. make him wait a little bit you know yeah wait it out <laughs> play hard to get <laughs> <laughs> i know i like in the book i i get the impression that you are a strong woman mm -hmm. Jillian which makes me proud because I, I'm trying to do the same for my kid my Evie too I want her to be strong and like lead her relationships you know and make sure that she's real comfortable so you you kind of were like I'm not ready to get married yet I'll tell you when I'm ready and I like that you were really like aware of what you when you were ready and and then you're like okay and then he proposed. How was that? Mm -hmm. Good. Uh, actually, uh, well, before he posed to me, uh, he, he asked my dad to go out for a drink. So uh, I was for first start before he posed to me. Mm -hmm. uh, he uh, And then when he did a uh, drink with my dad and he was talking to my dad, and uh, and uh, can I be my honor be, and give your daughter hand for marriage? And, uh, and my dad's answer is, I don't, I wouldn't know. I, 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 something to think about it first. <laughs> was just, so, can I have your daughter's hand in marriage? I said, I don't know. Let me think about it. Yeah. So, and right before he posted me, um, the lights are off. Uh, he put a dress down for me. And when I came in, he, uh, he's down on one knee when I, when I come in. So he gave me a nice, long, long speech. Uh, about uh, I'm being made with him, and so I know what's coming. <laughs> so, uh, so I was breaking down tears, happy tears that I finally got engaged. Nice. And then, did you and your mom work on like going to get the dress and planning the wedding and stuff? Yes. Uh, my mom is good with that stuff. She's mm -hmm. always helping you plan the wedding. How many people you were so up. And so they sneak one people that I know very close. Used to be a basketball player for Northern Kentucky that mm -hmm. they didn't tell me about. So uh, Daniel Camps. Daniel to, Camps, yeah. Uh, we, we've been tight on fair close. Well, he came from North Carolina. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. He made a special trip. And again, I'll get, go back to the effect that, that Jillian has had on people, um, that, he would, that he would do that. So yeah, yeah, and they they still stay in touch. Yeah, and uh, like I said, my mom's always very good uh, making plans for my wedding. Yeah, and um, one of my bridesmaids I work with, and um, Kentucky, she did my hair. That's right. Mm -hmm. 
And so, yeah. Yeah, you were a beautiful bride. I remember seeing the pictures of it. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Oh, the other thing I wanted to ask about was um, Kelly and the sibling relationship, because we we often talk about um, how important that relationship is. And um, I just loved how you wrote about Kelly in the book. And Jillian, what do you think about your brother? And how is your relationship now? I, um, I, well, we do FaceTimes and the text all the time. And I, I see him, uh, he always come home for Christmas, but he never come home for Thanksgiving. <laughs> but, uh, he lives in Brooklyn. It's kind of hard to get back that quick, that yeah, frequently. Um, me and my mm-hmm. brother and I, we are very close and we love to pick on each other. Like we always do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see him very often, um, he been uh he he got a wife now so um, so so he been married for for a while, and mm-hmm. yeah, my brother just my brother he he's my hero he's he's to my mm-hmm. brother I, I love him. Very What's much. your favorite memory with your brother from growing up? Uh, I would say our favorite place we uh uh used to be Penn Station. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh. That's I call it a brother sister thing. Uh-huh. It's always been. Um, I I went to New York a couple of times and and went to see my brother, and we went uh to New York for also a book signing as well. Uh, and then we've been on subway with Doctor Oz, so. <laughs> That's uh, not necessarily a badge of honor these days, but back then, <laughs> kind of cool. Yeah. Anyways, mm-hmm. um. Like I said, my brother and I really miss him, and I'm mm-hmm. glad he's there now and and opened his dream and in there too. So I'm I'm proud of him. Awesome. Well, Jillian, I can't tell you how uh, happy I am to have met you again. I you signed my book once, so that was the one time I got to meet you before. But um, as a mom to an 11 year old, um, you give me so much inspiration and hope you're just such a success and everything you do and I know everything is not like easy and failure is okay sometimes along the way which is what I've hold in my heart too for my kids you know but but um I'm telling you two jobs married Mm -hmm. dog you have a dog I mean you're living the life so I I'm happy that you're doing so well yeah good so my best I try to do well that's right. Yeah. Do your best. That's all we ever wanted, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's all you can do. Yeah. And Paul, where can we find you? So I know that you still write and I still read some of your writing. So I really want to know where I want you to share that with our audience. Well, I do. A, there's a, a platform called Substack, mm-hmm. which is sort of a, a hangout for retired people, bored people like me. Um, actually a lot of journalists are on Substack. Uh, and I, I did the, I do the blog that I did at the Inquirer, which was called the morning line. In fact, it's still called the morning line. Um, you can read it for free once a week, or you can pay $8 a month and read it whenever I write it, which is almost every day. Um, for people who are familiar with my work at the Inquirer, it's a lot of it's similar. It's, it's some sports, it's some family, it's some life stuff. It's, it, whatever happens to be in my head on that particular day. Um, if people are interested, they can go to the morning line, one word, dot substack.com shows up there. Um, you can subscribe just with your email address. 
And like I said, it, it's free for everybody once a week. It just shows up in your email. Uh, and if you want to pay to get more, that'd be great. So that, anyway, that's what I'm doing now as, as well as I am uh, well on my way to, to being the, the best cart barn boy at Hickory Woods Golf Course. Uh, I'm very proud of that fact. Uh, it's not anywhere that I can make $11 an hour in my retirement and get free golf. So I do that mm -hmm. uh, in the summertime when the course is open and I still write. There are no books on the horizon. Um, I'm waiting for my agent to find me one. He swears he's working at it diligently. I don't know. Um, other than that, I just, I, I enjoy retirement. I recommend it highly. I, I don't do anything I don't want to do. So that's that's hey. where we are these days. And we we uh, we run Jillian around to her dance classes and and her 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 job. She takes she didn't mention that, but she does. We drive her to the elementary school, but she does take the bus, take the metro from her apartment downtown, and then transfers to the tank bus downtown over to Northern Kentucky. And and I wrote about this in the book. Believe me. If you think it's easy to know how to work the logistics of that stuff, it's not. She never had any problem with it. I was the one in teaching her to use the buses that got messed up. Yeah. And she fixed me. But anyway, she uh it's quite a process, you know, and it's like an hour and a half each way every day. Yeah. Uh that you know, that she works at the party source. Um, and that's another just another thing we're we're proud of about her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was the only one who's helping my dad learn how to take the bus. Um, and when he uh, he trying to pay you on the bus, and uh, I I was helping my dad. Uh, and do you have a correct change? And I pay the guy. Yeah, and she I, had the money. The, the correct change. I did not. No. Yeah, so she I know. Paid. I thought that part of the book was hilarious because mm -hmm. I thought yeah. next time I go to D.C., whenever I get I get lost there every time I try to take the the subway, I'm like I should. Take Jillian with me because she knows what yeah. she's doing and I don't know what I'm doing. That's why uh that's why I'm from Cincinnati. That's why I born Cincinnati. But um I know how to get uh on a bus uh there from. So um that's why I always uh contact my mom and I I be on the bus safe. I I've got home safe. Yeah, every time she you know, I'm on the bus, whether it's downtown or at, at home. Yeah, and uh one bus didn't uh, not show up for a while. Uh, I was outside still waiting for the bus and then I get there like almost six or something that and then I just I keep on uh touch with my mom said okay still waiting for the bus not here yet yeah but she knows she knew to take the next one yeah you know and that's uh, that was a big thing about NKU too if I'm going to stray a little bit here but it's important yeah. um we 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 did what some parents would think was unthinkable we basically cut Jillian loose like a normal student. Uh, of course, we we were very careful to, to take her around the first few times, show her where she needs to go and when she needs to be there. And here's a here's a place that, you know, a monument or whatever uh, that you can look at as an identifying place and so on and so forth. Um, but we wanted her to fail. We thought it was important that she failed, because if you don't if you don't fail, you never learn, you know, and. and that insistence on our part combined with her personality, very take charge, uh, it, it worked perfectly. And, and it, in a very short time, she she knew the ropes at NKU and never had an issue with getting getting to a class or 
knowing where the bus stopped and, and, you know, then on and on with getting downtown and walking three blocks to the next best bus stop and all that stuff. Um, thought it was very important. And the, the classroom stuff was great at NKU. The independence, the coping that required that it required was equally important. You know, never shortchange your kids. Never say that, oh, my my child has a disability, he or she probably can't do this. Let them tell you what they can do. You know, Jillian always did that. You know, we Yeah, I felt like even the cover of your book and the first story you tell about Jillian uh riding learning to ride a bike, and it's like a metaphor for you know, you're right. going to guide her, you're going to help her. And then like, there's no, you're not on the cover of this book. She's on this bike, two wheeling it, feet to the side, the best picture. Mm -hmm. And um, it's hard though, man. I'll tell you, your book I, is such an inspiration to me, but I, whoo, I don't think there's anything harder than letting your kids yeah. fail a little bit. Um, And yeah. I hope that I have that strength because I think it takes immense strength and you guys really did an amazing job. Um all three of you and Kelly too, because just going to the neighbor's house and going around your neighborhood and getting into some hijinks out there, um, <laughs> it's good stuff to learn the ropes, you know, like without knowing that you're going to be okay on your own, you know, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have be able to do all these things, which is going all the way down to Northern Kentucky. Mm -hmm. sports, that's... I don't know, man. I don't think I could let my kids cross that bridge. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I went to college in Cincinnati and got opted to take potential classes at NKU. And back in the day, they didn't have online. And saying that you were traveling by yourself, I can remember like calling my dad at home and being like, dad, like, can you like get me a car? I'm not cut out for this public <laughs> transportation. Like there's no way. And so the fact that you did it, Jillian, I mean, bravo. And with the Cincinnati weather that we have, you know. Oh, yeah. We were talking about the weather before you got on, like how crazy it is. Yeah, well, an off and on, uh, when, it, when it snows or something, when it's, uh, when it's very bad roads, that mom will drive me to, to work mm -hmm. in the morning. Yeah. Um, I have only one memory back. I was in a high school or, or kindergarten. That high school or kindergarten? Which one? I think it's high school. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, when I was uh, walking with my dad um, down the bus stop, uh, we used to live in Dubuque. Oh, it okay. And um, uh, I can I only one cannot reach the steps for the bus, <laughs> and it's it's very high steps so I uh, climb up. So on all fours, yeah. yeah. She so, was so it was, she was so little. It was a bus for kindergarten, right? Yeah, yeah. She, she couldn't manage the steps standing up. She had to crawl up the steps. She still always remembers that for some reason. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, when that's he's... another metaphor right there. I think yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> my dad uh, showed me how to ride a bike. Um, uh, I got my first uh, two wheeler bike, and he has four fingers on, on the right behind me. And um, and I told my dad, I said, "Dad, you still have me." I think, uh, uh, yeah, I still always have you, mm -hmm. always. And that, I feel touched when he said that to me. Oh. Mm -hmm. Me too, Jillian. Yeah. That part of the book got me too, because mm -hmm. your dad does, man. And it's very clear that you guys have, share a really special bond. And I want to thank you both 
for coming on. The book is An Uncomplicated Life, a father's memoir of his exceptional daughter, and her name is Jillian, and his name is Paul Doherty. So thank you both for coming on, and we hope that you'll just keep writing more and keep updating us as you go. Good luck with everything. Our pleasure, right? Yeah, thank you very much.